Hello, my lovely people, and welcome to another episode of Developing Gravitas with Avril Poche. For those who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Avril Poche of avrilpoche.com. I am by no means a professional life coach or specialist at that. However, I am a mother, a blogger, and entrepreneur who has experienced life just like most of you probably have. And I have had the opportunity to learn great lessons, which I attribute my successes to. I am always seeking opportunities to learn and grow. And as such, in this podcast, I get to share with you some of the lessons I've learned and continue to learn as I continue to work on myself. And I also share inspiring messages uh, with the goal of motivating, encouraging and inspiring you to take that leap of faith towards discovering your inner greatness and life's purpose. I want to thank you for tuning in and let's get on with today's episode. I figured I should start by sharing with you the story of when I decided to take control of my life. And this is because I have not always been this person who's in tune with their life, in tune with um, their life's purpose. In fact, there was a time I let people dictate my life in the sense that I let people tell me who I was and who I was destined to be. You see, I was labeled a failure earlier on in my childhood and mostly by my teachers because I was not performing well at school. Uh, I grew up in a society that really valued education and education was used as a determinant of whether a child was bound to succeed or fail. And this was all dependent on how a child performed in school. And so if a child was not performing well, they were deemed likely to become failures in life. And if they were performing well, then the child was deemed to become a success. And so because I was not performing well in school, it was determined that I was more likely to become a failure. And I remember one time a teacher telling me that my parents needed to stop wasting their time putting me through school because I was just going to end up selling vegetables on the side of the street. And when all you're constantly hearing is how stupid you are or uh, that you're, you're not good enough, that you will never amount to anything, that you're destined for failure, you tend to believe it and I think I got to that point where I believed it. And the truth is, when I think of it right now, I was not stupid. I just did not care for school. My perception was, what was the point of me trying to prove to people that I am smart when it was already determined that I was stupid? If the path has already been decided for me, who am I to try and deviate from it? And so I just never tried. But fast forward to high school, I think that's when I started building my self-esteem to a certain extent. Uh, I had some really good friends in high school. And uh, I think the first time anyone ever gave me a compliment or even told me that I was beautiful was in high school. For some weird reason, people used to think that uh, 
I looked like Naomi Campbell. I don't know why, but people thought that I looked like Naomi Campbell. But anyway, but that made me feel good about myself. And I think at one point I probably thought to myself that maybe everyone has been wrong this whole time. And maybe I'm not just as stupid as they said. And so there was a time in high school where I actually tried to put in some effort into my education. I actually studied and did well. I was actually really good in uh, chemistry and physics. But then teenage years kicked in and then I went back to that being that kid who just did not care for anything. And it was so bad that everyone including my parents, did not have any high expectations for me. I remember when I did my Form 4 exams, um, that's what we call it back home in Canada, that's like your senior year exams. Everyone was surprised when I got a C because I think everyone expected me to get a D or an E. And so the truth is, I think I was shocked too because I never really started studying for the exams until like maybe a week or two before uh, the final exams. And this was like three weeks worth of taking exams. And so I guess this is when I started proving to people that I am capable of something. So I eventually got accepted into uh, a university here in the United States and I came to the U.S. at the age of 19. And I was raised well. I was raised in the church. Alcohol was never a thing growing up, smoking, none of that. And I knew I was never going to engage in any premarital sex. But then I don't know what happened to me when I turned 21. I think it's the company I was keeping. And I started drinking. I was smoking, even though I hated it. And I remember one time I even started skipping school to hang out with my friends. And at the time I was an international student and I ended up falling out of status one summer and because I had missed so many classes and my brother came in and helped me get reinstated and I went back to school. Uh, so a few months before my 22nd birthday, I found out I was pregnant and at this point, it did not matter to anyone that I had performed well enough to be accepted in a U.S. university. And even when uh, I was enrolling in college, I was performing really well. I had a GPA of 3.5 at the time. But to everyone, I had proven myself again as a failure. I remember people saying that, oh, can you imagine everything her parents went through to bring her to this country? And this is what she does to them. You know, uh, how can she get pregnant out of wedlock? She's, she is uh, an embarrassment to herself and her parents. And people say that I was bound for failure. And they said all kinds of mean things. And I think the most hurtful thing was when people that I considered my friends turned their backs on me. And some of them did that under the direction of their parents because some parents with daughters around my age, did not want them anywhere around me because they felt I was a bad influence and their daughters were likely to get pregnant if they continued to associate with me. How dumb was that? But many horrible things were said about me and by people I considered 
friends. And it was a very sad and painful time for me uh, because everyone alienated themselves and um, it felt like I had the plague. No one, I mean, no one wanted to be anywhere around me. But I also felt bad because I knew I had brought shame to my family. At the same time, I was filled with so much anger and pain. And I just did not understand how people could be so cold and turn their backs on me. And I think at some point in time, I became open to the idea that they might have been right when they said I was a failure because I felt like a total failure. Uh, in one instance, I had lost everything and everyone I cared about. But then it's like something hit me in, in the head while I was attempting to condone that thought of failure. And I just had this feeling, this, this voice just came from deep within telling me that, Ivril, everything will be okay. You're smart and you're destined for greatness. And I believed that to my core, that I remember my MySpace name was Woman of Greatness, Destined for Greatness. And uh, I remember rubbing my belly and promising my unborn child that I was going to make something of myself and prove everyone wrong by becoming successful. You see, I had been filled with so much anger and I think at one point I was just trying to figure, how can I get back at these people? And it was at this point I realized that the best revenge was for me to succeed because no one expected me to succeed. But I didn't know how to start on that journey of getting my life together. But I knew the first thing I needed to do was find a job and find a place for me and my child to stay because at the time I was homeless. I did not get a job until I was about six months pregnant and did not find an apartment until three weeks before I had my son. After I had my son, I had some struggles for a while because I had just made permanent at my job. And even though I was on maternity leave, I was not getting paid. But once I went back to work, I was able to get myself to a point where I was managing well. I created a beautiful home for my son and myself. It was nice and comfortable. You know, I had a job. I was paying my bills. I was okay. I eventually made new friends and started hanging out again. And fast forward to 2012, I ended up losing my job because the restaurant I was working at went out of business and things became a little bit difficult for me as I tried to find work and nothing was panning out. So I decided to start some side jobs. Uh, I will do some house cleaning, catering, babysitting, hair braiding, name it. I tried it all except for prostitution. <laughs> and things were going well uh, for a while. And then business started getting slow. And I remember one month I fell short on my rent about $200. And so I reached out to my brother and without hesitation, he helped me out and I was very appreciative of that. And so then came the second month again, I was short like about $180. I called him and he came through for me again. And at this point, I felt like my brother was someone I could depend on. And so I became comfortable. And I remember telling myself, well, Ivril, moving forward, all you have to do is make sure that you 
you can come up with enough money to just short yourself 200. That way, uh, your brother only has to help you out with $200 and nothing more. And so the third month came and I was short uh, $200. And at this point, you figured out I was intentionally shorting myself. And I reached out to my brother and he never responded. And I started getting worried because I knew my rent due date was in a few days and I still had not heard back from him. And before I knew it, I was getting a notice on my door stating that if I had not paid the total dues by a certain date, then the apartment complex was going to start the eviction proceedings. So I took a picture of that letter and sent it to my brother in case he thought I was lying. And he texted me back saying that he was not able to help me. Now, I just went into this rage because in my mind, my brother was in a position to help me. And I just felt like he chose not to help me. And I just did not really understand why uh, my brother was not worried about me getting evicted from my apartment. And I was telling myself, I am a single mother. And if I get kicked out, it is not just me on the streets. It's me and my child. So I questioned where his sympathy was. And in my mind, I felt like my brother was obligated to help me, but he just chose not to. And this made me really furious. And I honestly felt betrayed. And uh, I promised myself I was never going to talk to him. And so I reached out to my dad who connected me with one of his friends who ended up loaning me the money and I was able to pay everything I owed and was not evicted. And as soon as I paid my rent, I remember my brother called me and told me that he wanted to stop by my house with my dad. And I was a bit hesitant. In fact, I was like, the balls on this guy. <laughs> like, how can you call me asking me to come to the same apartment that I could have possibly been kicked out from because you failed to give me the money I needed to pay my rent? Like, which house are you coming to? You know, I was just like, is this dude serious? Like, I was like really angry. But it's weird because I, I had this feeling inside of me that was telling me, Israel, put that anger aside, get over yourself because something good is about to come out of this. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I think at some point I thought that maybe he's come back to his senses and he's coming to tell me that moving forward, he's going to help me or something like that. Like I did not expect what was coming. All I can say is that this is the day my life took a turn for the best. This is the day I chose to take control of my life. Let me just explain. So I believe that when we ask for things, the way God get, gives us what we want sometimes is that he uses people as instruments to fulfill his purpose for our lives. And in my case, he chose to use my brother to awaken me from this weird state that I was in. I know my brother could pick up that I was mad at him and I remember him telling me that he was not trying to be mean. In fact, he said that he really did sympathize with my situation, but he felt like it was time for me to learn a lesson, a lesson that was bound to change my life for the better. And I remember looking at him and asking, what lesson? And he said that I needed to learn how to fend for myself. And boy, oh boy, 
everything that was coming out of my brother's mouth at this point was just triggering me because I just wanted to go off at this point. I was like, what do you mean learn how to fend for myself? Isn't that what I've been doing since I was 21? Like this was the first time in five years that I was even reaching out to him for any kind of help. So I did not quite understand what he meant by I needed to learn how to fend my fend for myself. And so he went on to say that he felt like I was not doing enough to get myself out of the situation I was in because I had become a little bit reluctant and dependent on him for help, which to say the truth, I was not going to deny because like I mentioned earlier, I was intentionally shorting myself because I expected my brother to come through for me. I remember him telling me that he was not trying to be malicious or trying to hurt my feelings or anything because he could tell that some of the things that he was telling me were hurtful. And I guess that that is why they say the truth hurts because it really did hurt. And I wanted to fight him, but then I think deep down inside I knew he was right. And besides, this is my older brother and the fact that he was... He had made the choice to come out here to my apartment. Surely there has to be something great that's going to come out of it because my brother just never came to my house like that. And so I allowed myself, uh, despite how angry I was, to calm down and listen. And it was at this point that he shared with me the fishing story. And I will share the fishing story with you for those who are not familiar with it. And here it goes. So this is a story about two fishermen who fished to feed uh, and provide for their families. And for the sake of storytelling, I will call them uh, John and Joseph. One day they're out fishing and a beggar walks up to them asking for fish because he was hungry. Joseph felt sorry for the beggar and reached out into their fishing baskets and grabbed a nice huge fish. And when he was about to hand it to the beggar, John grabbed his elbow and pulled him back. And John went ahead and told the beggar that the fish they had was for feeding their families and whatever they had left was for selling so that they can buy uh, clothing and supplies for their families. But he told the beggar he would not give him the fish, but he could teach him how to fish. And the beggar was surprised with John's response and became a little hesitant. But nonetheless, he joined John and Joseph in the water. And John patiently showed him how to make his own fishing pole out of a long stick and uh, some string, which he gave him. And he showed him how to use a worm as bait and how to cast his line far into the water and move it just right to attract fish. The beggar never had much success at first. Uh, he struggled with it and started to get really angry and he started to mutter to himself how much easier it would have been for him if John and Joseph had been gracious and generous enough to give him some of their extra fish. He thought to himself, after all they have many baskets brimming with fat fish, no doubt they could spare one or two. Suddenly he felt a tug on his line and pulled out a fat fish. He was so happy, he put the fish in his tattered clothes, clutched his fishing pole to his chest, and went to cook his lunch. After he left, Joseph turned to John and asked him, how could you do that? He said, where is your compassion? You shouldn't have stopped me from feeding a hungry human being. John replied 
quietly saying, Joseph, if you had given the beggar a fish, he would have eaten it quickly and then he would have been hungry again by tomorrow. By teaching him how to fish, we taught him a skill which will last him a lifetime. Now he can get his own food and he will never go hungry again. Listening to my brother tell this story made me realize where this was going. I really enjoyed the story and I think I even started to tear up a little bit. And it was at this point that my brother decided to teach me how to fish instead of handing me the fish. And I am going to share with you some of the great lessons I learned from my brother, Jesse, whom I love dearly and I'm grateful for because without him, I'm not sure I will be telling this story and I'm not sure that I'll be where I am today. So here goes the great lessons I learned. Number one, the first lesson I learned was that I needed to stop making excuses or finding blame in others. You see, back then, that was my ammo, my specialty. I always had an excuse for not getting things done or uh, for every situation I found myself in, I always found someone else to blame. I blamed it on my son's father for not being there. I blamed it on the economy. When I could not pay my rent and I was about to be evicted, I blamed that on my brother because he is the one who never came through for me. My biggest excuse was being a single mother. I expected everyone to sympathize and always be willing to help me out because I was a single mother. I needed them to feel sorry for me. I made single motherhood feel like a disability. And I really expected everyone, like anyone, if I came to you in my head, you were obligated to help me because, hey, I'm a single mother. And everyone else was to blame except Fivrel. And if there's one thing I have learned over the years is that we are responsible for our lives and no one else is to blame for our dysfunction. Which brings me to the second lesson my brother taught me. He said that I needed to learn how to take responsibility for my own actions because everything that happens to us is because of what we put out. I think as human beings, it's always easier to put the blame on someone else so that we do not have to take accountability for our actions. But I believe that for us to make those significant changes towards fulfilling our life's purpose, we must be able to assume full responsibility for our actions. The next lesson my brother taught me was to be mindful of those people I hang around. There's a popular saying that you are who you hang out with. And it was clear at this point that I wanted to be successful and none of the people that I was associating with at the time were successful. In fact, none of them ever engaged in any conversation that was geared towards success None showed any ambition. We all kind of just lived in the moment. And there was nothing intelligent about the conversations we engaged in. I was reminded that if I wanted to become successful, if I wanted to change my life, then I had to surround myself with successful people. But because I did not have any successful people in my life at the time, my brother suggested that I learn from other successful people by reading books written by successful people. It was at this point that he recommended the two books that forever changed my life, 
Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and the Richest Man in Babylon. He also sent me an audio by Jim Rohn, who I now identify as my mentor because listening to him in those audio CDs back then changed my perspective on life. In fact, listening to him helped me change my philosophy on life. And I was able to get to that place that I allowed myself to take full responsibility for what my life was at the time. And it was then that I made the decision to change my life. I think one of the toughest decisions I had to make was letting go of my friends because now I would not have a social life. And that was something that I battled with for a while. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people never make that change, because once you realize you need to let go of your friends. You're just like, oh my God, so who will I be left with? But I eventually just let go because I knew that what I was working towards was far much greater than the friends and hanging out with them. And truth be told, I would be making a new set of friends who I was going to be more aligned with and who would be bringing value into my life. And so I just stopped hanging out with my friends and I remember some of them thought that uh, they had done something to me and I just had to tell them that I'm in a different place in my life right now and I'm just trying to figure things out because the truth is I was the only one who had a child. None of them had kids so they were not responsible for anyone's life except their own so I had to do whatever I had to do because I had a child who is dependent on me. And for that reason, I needed to do something with my life. And so I cut off everyone and started on this journey of self-discovery and personal development. And along the way, I started making new friends who were more aligned with me, uh, people that I could have constructive conversations with, and it felt great. And the truth is, I have no regrets. I count myself very lucky. I think I am one of the luckiest girls out here. I'm an only girl and I have three brothers who are brilliant and they all have been so helpful along this journey and I will be forever grateful for them. I think listening to my brother on that day, I realized that he did not hate me nor was he trying to hurt me. In fact, he was coming from a place of love, call it tough love. You see, my brother loved me so much and he really cared for me that he was not willing to disable me by enabling me. He figured it was best for him to equip me with the knowledge and tools necessary to allow me to discover my inner greatness and purpose in order to live a fulfilled life. And for that, I will always be grateful. I think I was at a point where I felt like I had no hope and I had almost given up on life and uh, I had come to accept life as it was but on this day he gave me hope on this day I realized that it was not too late for me to make the necessary changes to align myself with the kind of life um, that I desired for my son and myself and that everything really was up to me I had to make the decision to change and so just like my brother did for me, I want to assure anyone who, who's given up hope or anyone out there who just like me has lived their life being told that you're not good enough or you're destined for failure, that 
you are something and you're destined for greatness. And no one has power over your life but you. You just must realize that everything that has happened to you this far is because of what you pull out. And that should not be taken negatively because all it means is that you have control over your life. If you feel like your life is not turning out the way you would like it to, then maybe it is time to sit down and reevaluate yourself to determine what is um, what it is you are doing to contribute to your current situation and what you can do to change it. Take ownership of your actions and make the choice to change because our choices are at the root of every one of our results. No one is to blame for how our life turns out because you have the power to take control of your life by making choices that will align you with your goals and purpose. I really do appreciate your time and thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, kindly share on social media or via text or email. Uh, if you have not yet, please subscribe to my podcast, which is now available on Spotify and Apple Podcast, so you can be notified whenever I upload a new episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, kindly tag me on Instagram at Ivril underscore Poche or Facebook at Gravitas Podcast. And let me know which part resonated with you or what you enjoyed most about the episode. I would also love to get your feedback, so kindly feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening from. Before I sign off, I would like to leave you with this quote by Oprah Winfrey. You are responsible for your life. You cannot keep blaming somebody else for your dysfunction. Life is really about moving on. So if you do not like where you are today, then move because you're not a tree. Stop with the excuses and take full responsibility of your life and make the decision today to change and take control of your life. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day and week ahead. Thanks.